Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here. This episode of Courageous Conversations contains sensitive subject matter regarding mental health and potentially some confronting or triggering topics. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health or anything mentioned in this episode triggers you, please remember that help is available 24 hours a day from Lifeline at 13 11 14 or of course call triple zero if a life is in danger. I absolutely love helping people and I did something different every day. I would help someone differently every day no matter what I did and I like to help fix things. You might not fix them permanently but you fix them at that time and you help people get through everything which is really a really good feeling. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington for the latest episode of Courageous Conversations and I have got my friend Sam Barlow with us today. Hey Sam, how are you? Well, thank you. Lovely to see you. Thank you for taking the time. You have been part of the Lane Simmons family for um, since uh, 2018. So what's that now? Three years and you had a year um, prior to that in real estate. But before that, you were actually in the police force. Yes, I was. Uh, I was in for 20 years. Really, really long time. Um, so I, um, I remember, and I'm not sure if, um, if some of our listeners may actually remember your name, um, from way back in 2009, and there was just the most horrendous incident um, that happened in May 2009. Do you want to run through what that was? On the 13th of May 2009, uh, it was on my second day back at work from, um, I just had six months off for maternity leave. And I uh, parked my car, as I always did every morning, down at King's Cross. And uh, and I was walking up to work at about um, 4.30 in the morning. And uh, I had my uniform in my bag over my shoulder. And I was walking up and it was obviously very dark but that was normal. And I was just walking as usual by myself. I was approaching the William Street Tunnel, the overpass there, the bridge. A person jumped out from behind the pylon and cracked me in the head with a brick. He hit me in the head 12 to 20 times. And uh, and I don't thankfully remember the incident, yeah. but, um, but yes, he... Um, he hit me in the head at 12 to 20 times and then he dragged me from the footpath um, into a park, um, which was adjacent to where the footpath there, and um, and then continued to hit me with um, the brick. And um, and then he went through my bag when he thought, um, you know, he'd done enough damage to me so I wouldn't resist anymore because apparently that's why he kept going because I wouldn't stop. He wouldn't um, give up. Uh, I wouldn't give in. No one takes my bag. And um, so, yes. (laughs) And um, yes. And then he went to go through my bag and then discovered I was a police officer because my uniform was in there and then um, panicked 
and then thought, oh, my God, if she recognises me, um, I, I'm in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So then he thought, well, I better finish her off. And then he smashed my head against the sandstone wall in the in the park a few more times until he thought I was dead. Then covered me over with some branches, wrapped my head in my shirt, and um, and then left me literally for dead and took my my money out of my bag and um, and caught a cab and left the scene. And so then what happened? Somehow, I don't really, thankfully, remember, no. but um, which from that position in the park, which was about 20 metres, I dragged myself um, from that position um, yeah. to, a, to the bus shelter, which was on the footpath. Right. And, um, and they only know that because there was a, my blood trail from right. that position yeah. of how I dragged myself from that spot. And then I'd somehow gotten or slid into the, to the bus seat, which was Perspex, and then I'd slid down it and then collapsed. And, um, and then the, um, the police truck from my station happened to drive past and, and thought someone was uh, dressed in a Santa Claus suit. Oh. And um, it was a fancy dress coming home from a big night out. So they stopped and, um, and approached me and asked me my name. And somehow I got out my name and then they looked at me and went, no, you're not. And then they looked at me again and went, oh, my God, that is Sam. And, um, and then, yeah, thankfully um, everyone was called and, um, and then I was, uh, an ambulance came and the paramedics treated me for a long time and, and then I went straight to um, St Vincent's Hospital and, yeah, went into an induced coma and, yes. A long, long hmm. recovery. I, uh, when we first met, I read your book, which is called um, Left for Dead, and I don't know. Like I've never, I've never read a book that clearly demonstrates such a determination, such a determination to get yourself back. Like the what you had to go through, right? How did you, how did you find that? Because obviously you had, um, you, you just come back from maternity leave, so you had a baby. So I, I had, um, so I, I had two children. So I had Lily, and she was. Uh, she was 23 months at that stage and, um, and I had been and he was six months old at that stage. And um, so, yes, obviously they were very dependent on me and, um, and my husband. Yes. And, um, and so, yeah, basically it just it wasn't an option. Um, when you've got, you know, a, a family and clearly unbiased, the best family in the world to me, um, uh, after reading the book, I can tell you, I think you've got a pretty incredible family and a, and a very, very special husband. There's no doubt about that. I, I am very fortunate. And I guess there, there were so many um, injuries. Um, do, do, would you like to know a couple of the injuries? Oh, just a couple. Okay, don't want to know too many because there, there was quite a there few. Was a lot, so I, no, there was a lot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so obviously um, when I got hit in the head with the brick that many times, um, they, he fractured my skull and, um, and then I had to have um, a piece of the, my skull, which is the size of your hand, um, surgically removed because my brain obviously was swelling and, um, and they had to remove that because it was so damaged anyway, the, the skull, and um, to, to let my brain as such um, 
breathe and because it was so bruised. Um, I had a fractured eye socket, um, a fractured nose, uh, a fractured vertebrae in my neck. Um, My forehead was fractured and my right hand was crushed. So um, from because I was protecting my head with my hand, so my hand was completely crushed and all my fingers and everything. So um, yeah, just to name a few. How long were you in hospital? So I believe, thankfully, I can't remember any time in hospital because really, I guess because it was so traumatic. um, I did try um, and block it out, and I have. Most of it I have, even though clearly I had to go back a lot of times. But um, I I was in hospital for about two months. Okay. And and during that time, thankfully, uh, so I'm told by my husband, um, in the last month I I attempted to to leave, escape many times. Escape, yes. uh, Because I really didn't like it there and they wouldn't let me do anything. As in (laughs) trying to get myself better, they'd go, no, you have a hole in your head, sit down. And I'd go, no, no, I need to, you know, do stuff. And they're like, no, you don't. I need to be with my babies. (laughs) (laughs) So anywhere would have been better, but yes. So yeah. yeah, that's how long I've been there. And then how long before you went back to the police force? So it took twenty-two months. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, twenty-two months from the from the incident. because um, yeah, I basically had doctor's appointments, um, or several doctor's appointments every day um of you know, of the week for months and months. And then I had lots of um just um therapy on top of that as in like um for my hands and you know a few more operations and just obviously rebuilding everything just to get strength back and 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 I guess you know I I did lose you know memory at the time as in short-term memory so you know I had to you know try and process everything and and you know just develop an understanding and I guess you know realize it happened and move on and build a bridge and, um, you know, got to get past it. So, um, yeah, build a bridge, get over it. I mean, really? <laughs> that well, was really well, the option. <laughs> why did you go back to the police force? Because I absolutely love helping people and, wow. um, and I did something different every day. I would help someone different, differently every day no matter what I did. Right. And um, and I like to help fix things. You might not fix them permanently, but you fix them at that time and yeah. you help people get through everything, which is really a really good feeling. And um, and then, yeah, and I guess, you know, you, you slow um, the bad people. Um, you can stop them and hopefully redirect them at that time. And then the victims, you can help bounce back and point them in the right direction. Yeah. So um, it's just, yeah, it was a really good um, fit. And, um, and basically, um, why did I go back? Because I loved what I was doing. Yeah. And this happened as no result of m- me doing anything wrong. Yeah. So it was totally random and it was taken from me and I was not going to let a bad person change me or my course of direction or my life. Yeah. He was not going to take anything from me. Um, he was not going to win. So yeah. I that was my goal. I am going to get myself back to where yeah. I was and better. 
Yeah, and can I tell you, um, anybody who hasn't read the book, you really should, because as, as much as it is a, as it is a horrifying story, um, just the amount of resilience and determination that was shown, it really, you actually feel really good. You sort of, you're on your side, help, you know, just willing you through, if that makes sense. Um, and so you decided that the police wasn't, wasn't the right path anymore. How long did that take? So I probably, I was back for a good year. Yeah. Um, and I made sure I'd accomplished every test or, or everything I had was in because I was also in the riot squad part-time. Yeah. And um, so I had to go through all those um, fitness tests and um, chemical tests, like have all things thrown at me and yeah. go in gas and everything again and show I could, you know, complete all that and cope with that so I had to do that and tick that off and um and I did so that was good um but then I guess as a result of my injuries um I still can't and I won't be able to smell or taste right not that I need to be able to uh taste anything <laughs> in the place but I need to um the smell I need to be able to smell and yeah. I went to a couple of fires and um and gas um gas yeah. leaks and um and i was the one in charge at those jobs and um and i didn't know where it was coming from yeah. so i i can't i couldn't in good faith send people when i didn't know where it was coming from i needed to be in control and i couldn't you know put someone else's safety at risk yeah yeah that makes so, sense that must have been really hard to come to terms with Yes, I'm very good at denial, but, um, but, but yes, I did take a bit of processing that and I went, well, yeah, it's, it's so the same. So how do you feel about processing something um, that is, you know, something that you loved so much and something that you worked so hard to achieve and then you can't do it anymore? How do you actually come to terms with that? I love sport. Yeah. And, um, and I guess... Um, I enjoy training um, to, you know, I, I don't do sport to just participate in it. I do it to do it well. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, um, and then so I took up Ironman. Right. And, um, yes, yeah, so, um, yeah, so basically when I train, then I'm untouchable in the sense that I'm in my zone. Yeah. And whether I'm swimming or running or riding, I'm in that headspace and that is like my time out. Yeah. It's good for me, um, yep. obviously, physically, and it's yep. good mentally for me. So, um, yes, no one can as such be consume, you know, you at that moment. It's just you're zoned out and that's your little space. It's almost, um, it, it sounds like it's almost a form of meditation for you. Yeah, yeah, you, you could say that. I mean, everyone has different ways to to process, and I guess yeah. that that's just mine. Exercise is really good, and I guess it just needs in my in my form. It needs to be hard exercise. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. No, yeah, um. not just five minutes of it, several hours of it. So, um, so then uh, I thought, okay, well, I'll train hard and I'll do an Ironman, and so I ended up doing five of them. Right, and. Um, and then I didn't um, think I should do it as a team because um, I wanted to do it on myself. Right. So I, um, yeah, so I thankfully did it all individually. And, um, yeah, and it was very rewarding. And then, of course, each one I did in my head, I had to do a better time. It wasn't just good enough to participate. I had to improve each one. Sure. And thankfully I did. 
And then you decided to um, to move up to Port Macquarie, beautiful Port Macquarie. Yes. And you moved to Port Macquarie, and your your dad was a real estate agent in the eastern suburbs back in the nineties, right? So you you you'd had your license for a long time. Yes. Yes. And, so uh, I. Uh, my dad um, had a, an agent, a real estate agency in um, Randwick for yeah. 40 years. Right. And um, so I guess I grew up um, being consumed by real estate and, um, and always had a, a very strong interest in it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess when I was 18, I got my real estate license. I did that at night. Yeah. Um, back at, in TAFE at night hey, when I was working the day, during yeah. the day. And um, and that was a three year course. It was really good. It was very thorough. Yeah. And um, and then I helped my dad on the side, you know, in between my shifts. And um, and so yeah, so I got my hand in that, and I really enjoyed that. So um, so when we moved up to um, to Port Macquarie, um, I went. Well, I'm getting back into it. Yeah, it's been about four years that you so that you've been back into it. I must admit, when I, after reading your book and knowing that you were with um, Lang and Simmons at Port Macquarie, I thought, man, she's going to be hard to beat as a real estate agent if she puts her mind to stuff like this. <laughs> well, obviously, real estate was something that was sort of in the blood and something you'd done before, but it sounds like it, there's some of the things you liked about the police force that um, translate over into real estate, right? With helping people. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm still thankfully helping everyone, but just in a different way. So whether or not, obviously, it's, you know, finding something for them to live in or to help them sell it. Um, but it's it's still um, great because um, uh, obviously I can, because I did negotiation in the police, so I clearly negotiate, obviously, <laughs> um, many sales and um and encourage, you know, and help people because, you know, people are so vulnerable um, when they're buying a home and selling their home that they need someone they can trust. And, um, yeah, I'm as transparent as anyone could be coming sure. from what I did. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, yeah, and I do. I just love that aspect of it. Yeah, fantastic. And so if someone, if people, obviously, um, as we're recording this, um, Sydney is still in, still in lockdown. Um, you, however, are not. Um, <laughs> but people have got lots of challenges um, in their world right now and some people are dealing with that better than others. Um, what would you say to people that are facing some challenges and feeling like everything's a bit too much for them right now? To be very honest, um, I, I think, because um, I, I had so many um, lists of things I wanted to achieve when I couldn't do anything, and, and I guess that is in similar circumstances, you you can only do so many things at once. Yep. And then I guess you, I did. <laughs> I did. I prioritised um, what I wanted, and I would tick one thing off at a time. I would work so hard and to achieve it, and then I go, okay, I've got that. And then, um, and then I would I'd negotiate with my doctors, and I had lists, and I'd go, okay, right, I'm doing this one for the next month, and I'd tick it off, and I go, okay, next month I'm going to hit this one, and um, and then I would just give it 200%. You just have to stay so focused on what you want, and you know everyone gets setbacks. You're not going to um, accomplish everything just because you want to or you think you can, but when you when it does go wrong, which it will, you just have to go, okay, well, I'll try a different way. And but you just you must stay on it and stay focused and you'll get there. 
it doesn't matter how long it takes, but you will get there. If you want it, you will get there. Yeah, that's great advice. Mm. Don't try and do too much. Stay focused on what it is. Yeah, be clear on what it is that you want. Small and things, <laughs> small, yeah, you can achieve small little tasks and then, you know, small victories will lead to big ones. So, you know, um, and in everyone's mind, their um, troubles at that moment are the biggest things in the world um, to them. And that's yep. what they have to stay focused on and just go, well, you know what, that's big to me and I'm going to focus on that. But at the same time, remember, um, other people have troubles too. So you're not, you're not in it alone. And other people like to talk too. So it's always nice to have someone to chat to. And you don't have to talk to them in person. You can talk to them on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, yeah, just doing these podcasts with people, it's overwhelming how many incredible stories that people have um, out there. And you just, you don't realise because that's not the face that, that you show other people, right? You show the face that's all shiny and happy and everything's fabulous, right? I mean, it, that's, that's what you see on Instagram, so that must be true. Uh, that's it. I, I mean, I would, I never, I mean, clearly every day I, I you know, you, you never forget. You never forget, obviously, anything. Huh. But um, you do your, well, I do my very best to, to park it and um, and then carry on like there's absolutely nothing, not that there's anything wrong with me, but um, as in that anything has happened to me, you know, I, I do, I just move on and then I would never discuss it with anyone unless they happen to to find out somehow, go, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that oh, yeah, was me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I had a few challenges, you know, then and, you know, and, um, and I will always downplay it, but yeah. that's just, you know, how I do process things, so. Yeah, and that's okay because you do process them and you yes, get through. Yeah. Tell me about writing the book. Was that you that wanted to do that or was that Lawrence? Well, we, we certainly did it together, but yeah. um, Lawrence is, um, since he clearly had a very um, up close and personal um, encounter with the whole thing and he, well, he can remember everything, which is yeah. not, not good sometimes, you know, oh. that he obviously can every, see everything so vividly because I've just blanked it out. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, so he um, – and it was a very good um, coping mechanism for him mm-hmm. when um, – at the especially at the very beginning. Um, he would um, – because he was also in the police. So um, he was very used to being in charge of situations and, I guess, diarising things. And um, so he was, like, making notes, you know, all the time and yeah. and then just documenting things did, you know, help him process them and um, and cope with everything, I guess, too, and, and make sure he didn't, you know, forget things because, um, yeah, clearly there well, was a lot of... Well, it's just his training kicked happening. in, right? His, his training kicked in. And, and uh, well, that's all it. Night, all night, yeah. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. He just had to put on a different hat and then every now and then he was allowed to revert to, oh, yes, I'm the husband, yes, and then yes, and the father and this and that. And, oh, my God, I've got to go and pick the kids up. I've got to do this and, yeah, and yeah. be everywhere. But, um, yeah, so he, he was very he, – he's an awesome person. Yeah, it, um, it certainly comes across. Um, yeah, that was how I felt about him anyway reading the book. Um, yes. And I think it's, it's really important for everyone to remember that it's not just you going through what it is that you're going through. It's everybody around you that is having 
some kind of experience and they're all going to be different. And, um, yeah, it's not just about you, even though you're the one who's having this horrendous, these horrendous injuries that you've got to overcome, everybody around you was feeling trauma as well. Absolutely. And, and I guess, yes, that's often what I have to remind myself of because I think, well, no, that was me. That was, you know, that was my incident. I was the one with the hole in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've got titanium. I, I, I beep when I go through things. Oh, bet you do. <laughs> but yes, everyone um, was was very affected, and um, and then so much so, you know, like when I haven't seen people for a long time, and then you know they're so concerned as to how I am now, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm great, and then they look at me and go, but how can you how be? Can you be? I, uh, it's just how it is, and they this, yeah. Sometimes they really struggle with that. They go, I can't believe that that yeah. actually happened yeah. because um. You appear very normal now. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I get, um, um, I'm very guilty of thinking because I'm coping okay with something, everybody else around me must be coping okay too. Um, and that's just not necessarily the case. So just because you deal with things in one way doesn't mean that's the right way or the only way. Um, it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for everybody else. So, yeah, that's certainly a lesson for me. And so what's next for you, my friend? What's next? What's oh, next? Have, have I not done enough? No. I don't know. Just checking. You're not very old, right? So um, any more Iron Man in the future? Um, well, I was scheduled to do the one. We do have one in September, but it's just been cancelled in Port Macquarie, so I'm um, very sad. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so well, and believe it or not, I was actually going to be part of a team. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Maybe and, you can yeah, just do a Port Macquarie one and not invite anybody else. No, don't have any of those pesky Sydney people with their COVID viruses. Just just keep it local. Yeah, I guess that that is an option, but, yes, not one that they liked. So, yeah, so it's been um, unfortunately cancelled till next year. But, yeah. um, but I am going to do um, a half marathon in September as well. Fantastic. So, um, yes, yeah, so that's the Beach to Brother, which is... Um, sand I guess and then up a mountain so yeah so that will be good wow so, yeah so I have done that one before but not for a couple of years so okay. um I thought yeah well, I've got to do something yeah so, well um, good to have a purpose for my training I like to have something to train for yeah that makes sense actually hmm. you train harder if you've got a purpose so, yeah so um yeah. so yeah so it's good to know that yeah that's at the okay. end of September <laughs> well good luck with your training for that thank you so much for being prepared to share your story with all of us. It's, um, yeah, lovely to catch up with you and I will see you again very soon, I'm sure. Thank you very much. So it was lovely to chat. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com. Hi everyone, Leanne here again. Just a reminder, mental health and crisis support is available from Lifeline at 13 11 14 or call 000 if a life is in danger.